0: Hi, I'm Andrew Schultz. And
1: I'm Sue DL for Mornings with Sue and Andy. Each and every Friday, we have the chance to speak with Mayor Nahed Nenshi. And this week, we get his thoughts on the vaccine rollout in our province, which has seen a dramatic decrease in demand for first doses.
0: And here the mayor's concern about the emergence of the new Delta variant of the virus in our city. Good morning to you, Mr. Mayor.
2: Good
0: morning, friends. Oh, it's so good to be here on Friday. And Now, first off, while it's great news that Alberta is moving into delivering second doses of the COVID vaccine, we're also seeing a slowdown in first doses being delivered. Do you have any concerns when you see these numbers just kind of stalling out when it comes to first doses?
2: Yeah, I sure do. Um, I'm getting my second dose today, by the way. I jumped nice. on it when the announcement was made yesterday, so I'm very excited about that. And I'm really encouraging everyone to get their first and second dose. Uh, don't think that you're done with your first dose. Uh, this uh, Delta Variance, I always sound like Debbie Downer when I talk about this stuff, but we are getting there. Mm-hmm. But this Delta Variance is not fun. It's attacking young, healthy people, and we believe that the first dose alone is not that effective against it, so you need to get your second. But in order to get your second, you've got to get your first. And something that, you know, last weekend we did a this uh, pop-up clinic at Village Square, 2,500 doses, really successful, uh, but then the number of first-dose appointments really kind of fell off a cliff. And uh, we're not sure why that is. Have we hit the limit? Are people being vaccine-hesitant? I think there still remains an issue with access. And so we have created some more drop-in opportunities. I'm going to a pharmacy today, and I want to remind people there's, I think, 62 pharmacies that are offering the doses in every corner and every neighbourhood of the city. Call your local pharmacist. But also, there are tons of appointments online. Uh, and I know people who went to make an appointment yesterday and got an appointment that day at the TELUS Convention Centre. So uh, I really do encourage people to get that first dose because we're, we're a little bit short of the number we need uh, to move forward in the phases of our reopening plan. And remember, those phases only kick in two weeks after we hit uh, the particular benchmark. And so we're short of that 70%. And I know people really are excited about moving forward, Moving forward requires people to get their first dose, and for those of you who have your first dose, to get your second. If you got AstraZeneca for your first dose, they're recommending you wait the full eight weeks. I know so many people who have counted and are getting their second dose on the eighth-week day. Uh, You have the choice of getting AstraZeneca or Pfizer. You can talk to your doctor if you are confused about that. But it's safe, it's effective. Let's keep going.
1: Mayor, you know, on that note, do you think it maybe is it time to bring in some incentives to to push us towards that goal? Whether it's uh, you know be monetary or you know what in the case of Manitoba, doing some uh, like for schools they get to sorry I lost the word I'm looking for scholarships. Scholarships. Thank you. I was going to say tuition. Is it is that something we can do municipally, or does that have to be a provincial thing?
2: Well, you know, certainly uh, we could work on that municipally. I was I was a little bit surprised when the premier was talking about this yesterday as though he had never heard of it before. Um, And, you know, it's like the University of Lethbridge, for example, some time ago, uh, has a draw for free tuition Mm -hmm. for students who are vaccinated. And so there may be opportunities to do that. A friend of mine got mad at me when I was talking about this recently. And she said, what about me? I got it on the first day. I want a free ice cream. Um, (laughs) And okay, fair. Um, But, uh, you know, we have a lot of, also a lot of local businesses Now, in my mind, uh, what we need to do is we really need to target the groups that have been uh, have had trouble with access, you know, people who work two or three jobs and can't just make an appointment for two weeks from now. Those are people we've got to just hit in their daily life at workplaces, you know, supermarket parking lots, places of worship now that they're starting to open again. Um, So that's one piece. And then the second piece is for those, uh, there are demographics where it's a little bit lower, young men, for example. And so you want to really focus on things that are really um, aimed at those folks. I think that's more effective than broad-based, you know, because if you're an anti-vaxxer, a lottery is not going to help you. But if you're someone who just hasn't been able to make an appointment or, or you're on the, fence. on the fence, we, yep. can have, we can do some
0: work here. Yeah. Make sure it's accessible and maybe we'll have that success. A question about Stampede, because we heard this week the parade will look different. The parade won't have live spectators, but it's going ahead. And then an interesting announcement yesterday from the Cowboys group that the music festival is not going to be going on. So some interesting news, positive and negative, when it comes to Stampede. Do you still, still feel good? Uh, with Stampede going ahead from what we've seen in the yeah, past Yeah,
2: I've spent, I've spent an enormous amount of my time this week um, dealing with uh, the various uh, different orders of government and with the Stampede on the state Stampede plans. And, you know, I don't want to be too political about this, but there is an order of government, you can imagine which one, which is just like, woo, best summer ever, do whatever you want. <laughs> and that has really never been the Stampede's point of view. Uh, we've really taken the point of view that we're going to have a celebration, it's going to be respectful, it's going to honour the essential workers, uh, and it's most of all going to be safe. And right now, that is really the goal that we're working on. So I'm very comfortable that it will be. And ultimately, we are supporting businesses and nonprofits in whatever decisions they make. And the critical thing is we've got to be respectful of one another. You know, there will be people who will continue to wear masks for a long time there will be people who are, would not be comfortable in going to the stampede this year mm-hmm. there will be people who will be comfortable in doing that and as i've been saying for so many months we just got to be kind to one another and you know that cowboys statement it's worth reading uh, i i never thought that i would say and, and it's a great calgary business but i never thought i would say wow the tone out of cowboys is perfect <laughs> um but You know, for the decision they made, and I'm not saying everyone should make that same decision, but for the decision they made, they put out a statement that was really thoughtful. Mm -hmm. And they really said, look, we offer a certain kind of experience. We just don't feel right about offering that experience, that Cowboys experience, and people know what I'm talking about. In this environment, we'll come back bigger and stronger in 22. And then they spent a lot of time thanking everyone who's got us through this pandemic. And those guys have been closed for 15 months. Yes, yeah, it certainly been hit harder than any business.
1: Not an easy decision. For and sure.
2: the open heart and generosity that they went with was amazing. And then the line that got me is when they said, and you know what, the essential service workers need a break, let's not pile on. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's really community minded. Um, so that was their decision. Others will make different decisions, and we will support them in that. But let's just be open-minded and kind to everyone as we navigate this confusing transition period uh, to whatever comes next.
1: Yeah, most definitely, and Mayor. Can we ask you to hang on a couple of minutes? We want to talk to you about Neighbor Day. Yes, of course. Okay, we'll be right back with Mayor Nahed Back with Mayor Nahed Thank you for hanging around with us, Mayor. We want to talk to you about Neighbor Day. We're what just over a week away. How are you yeah, encouraging people to that. market for us this year?
2: Well, you know, this is another one. <clears throat> excuse me, this is another one of those things where. Uh, you were in a transition period. And so what we're really encouraging folks to do is to celebrate Neighbor Day. Remember, the whole point of Neighbor Day was to celebrate community spirit in the sense, in the, in the face of adversity after the floods. And so I'm, I'm a little sad because this will be my last Neighbor Day as mayor. Uh, and it won't be the way it was before. <laughs> I, I, I could easily go to 30 events on Neighbor Day. But we really are encouraging people to do stuff. So, but do it safely. So the outdoor gathering limits are up to 20. So you can have an outdoor barbecue or you can go to the green space in your neighbourhood with your neighbours. You should be safe. You should be physically distanced. Wear a mask if that's not possible. Uh, Don't share food. But you can individually plate food. Um, So we're hoping people will do things like that. Driveway get-togethers. We're not issuing any permits for full-on block parties this year. But there are some permits available if you want to book a green space, including our new... Uh, pilots where you can book picnic tables and have alcohol in parks so there will be lots of opportunities to get together Uh, a lot of people are still doing one last virtual uh, party because none of us are sick of virtual parties yet Um, actually I'm not I still enjoy my occasional online board game parties Um, but uh, in any case uh, we really do encourage people to participate if you want me to show up at your virtual party or your safe outdoor party, Uh, stop by calgarymayor.ca and invite me. Um, But, you know, let's use this as an opportunity to really uh, honour what we've been through this year and honour the community spirit that continues to drive us and what we're trying to do here together. You know, these last few months have been difficult because people have been sad and angry and tired and that community spirit feels a bit frayed, but it isn't really. You know, this is who we are. We look after one another, and Neighbor Day is a great chance to celebrate
0: yeah. that. And I'm just going to throw down the gauntlet right now. It's your last Neighbor Day as mayor. Um, what was that address one more time where people can book you?
2: CalgaryMayor.ca.
0: Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's see, Mayor, I had Nenshi at 700 of these things. Let's make it. <laughs> let's make it <laughs> well, if it. they're
2: virtual, I could totally do it. If they're virtual,
0: yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's have you go with a bang. Uh, but it sounds great in uh, celebrating our neighbors, something we should do more mm-hmm. often. And now we looks like we're going to have that chance as we move forward as well. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys. Everybody stay safe. Get that second shot. Let's finish strong.
0: Good stuff. That is Mayor Nahed Denchie. It's that time of the week where we check in on all things political south of the 49th parallel. We're joined this week by global news correspondent Jennifer Johnson with Jackson Prosco uh, taking the week off. A uh, good morning to you, Jennifer good morning thanks for having me thank you for being here let's talk about you know arguably the biggest story when it comes to to business and energy and tied to the u.s Uh, not only in our city in our province but across the nation the keystone xl pipeline uh being completely scrapped any reaction down in the u.s to the scrapping of this huge project
3: You know, the Republicans have hit on this quite a bit as just another flaw in Joe Biden's agenda. But, um, you know, it hasn't gotten a lot of headlines other than what you said, that it's being scrapped and that, you know, the project has ended. But it's not a big headline maker down here. And it's not, you know, one of the big topics that the
1: Republicans are attacking Joe Biden on. So Mm -hmm. not really. So Not even a concern in terms of job losses on that side of the border.
3: Not that many. I think that what the what the White House keeps putting out is the job numbers keep getting better and better as the COVID-19 crisis improves the United States. And so they're certainly not talking about the job losses. I mean, certainly in that state there, you know, there is uh, local stories about it. But in terms of national headlines, it's just not making it.
0: Let's talk about, you know, uh, the big G7 that's going on. And it's, you know, the images we saw here of uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau hopping on a jet. First time leaving Canada in over a year. I know that President Joe Biden is in attendance. What's it, what's it, the number one issue on his agenda at the G7?
3: Well, the number one issue at the G7 for the United States is proposing and getting agreement on a... Um, a global minimum tax is what they call it. And so what the United States wants to do is end this, what they call the race to the bottom where countries offer the lowest tax rate to large corporations to locate in that country. And what the Biden administration has been pushing is a minimum tax rate of at least 15%. But the G7 leaders agree that every country has a minimum tax rate of 15%. So these corporations don't shop around for where they can get the lowest tax rate therefore they can pay um you know they can save money through taxes and it affects the workers you know they just can can get the lowest lowest deal and so that's the biggest priority for the united states getting the agreement which apparently they have so that every country in the g7 agrees that there has to be a tax rate of at least 15 percent for these corporations
1: Another big topic at the G7, I know, is the the vaccines, and the U.S. is vowing to donate 500 million COVID vaccines to the world, and that seems to be a big thing for Joe Biden as well.
3: Right. So we, I mean, the, the United States definitely has excess vaccines, and while. Uh, Joe Biden wants to get seventy percent of the country vaccinated by July fourth. There still is a lot of vaccine hesitancy, and so there are millions of vaccines, hundreds of millions of vaccines in this country that are sitting around. They just extended the deadline for the Johnson and Johnson expiration date, if you will, of thirty days to forty-five days. So this was a you know olive branch from the Biden administration to the world: five hundred million doses of the Pfizer vaccine, and the G seven leaders have matched that, and they're going to pledge another five hundred million. So a billion vaccines will be going to countries that are really hard hit. I mean, the United States is at the point where it's vaccinating 12 year olds. And there are many, many countries around the world that aren't vaccinating adults yeah. yet. So, you know, it's time to share the wealth, if you will.
0: I'm wondering if you can give us a picture of what it's like uh, now. We we see the images of, you know, sports arenas, uh, some of them packed, if not fairly packed in, in very few masks. Is, is this something that, you know, you're still seeing, you know, uh, uh, people going out of their way with the PPE and the social distancing, or does it seem like it's back to normal, Jennifer? Well,
3: you know, that's a really good question because I, every once in a while, I'll walk into a place because they, you know, no one really is wearing masks in, in states that have relaxed the mandates. What they do is they have signs that say, if you have been vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask, so people aren't wearing masks. But I still walk into places And I think, oh, my gosh, I forgot my mask, and Mm -hmm. I'll go back and get it. Um, So it's a little bit strange. It's a strange feeling because we're so used to wearing masks. I still feel personally uncomfortable not wearing them, so I tend to to keep wearing them. And there are a lot of people, like you said, that are going to these these sporting events, the Indy 500 and, and, you know, Belmont Stakes, people gearing up for football season, but... There are others of us who are pretty nervous about being around those crowds, particularly if you're going to be indoors, you know, concerts and those types of things. But, I mean, are things back to normal? They're pretty much back to normal. I mean, people are in restaurants. There's not a whole lot of social distancing. Uh, People, I know I have, you know, children in my 20s. They're going to bars. Um, and there's no mask being worn there. So I, I would say, to answer your question, um, yes, things are really feel like they're back to normal. But there's a lot of people like me who are very hesitant about it.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to take a while for us to get back to normal inside within ourselves and just being around people again. And we're so out of the habit. Uh, Jennifer, I wanted to just j- kind of jump back to the, the G7 again and ask you, wh- what kind of response has Joe Biden been getting from leaders from around the world? I know, you know, when Donald Trump was meeting, it didn't ever seem to be terribly popular. Um, um how is biden's you know greeting been and and how is he getting along with the other leaders? you know,
3: sue, I thought you'd left me let me off the hook this time, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oregon is go
3: there yeah we are uh you know <laughs> obviously it's a completely different feel for um the leaders the world leaders with Uh, Joe Biden showing up, President Donald Trump. I mean, there were pictures of Donald Trump, you know, first time around pushing world leaders aside so he could get to the front of the pack when pictures were being taken. And uh, he certainly made disparaging comments to people like, uh, you know, Germany's leader, Angela uh, Merkel. And so this is a completely different guy who is showing up to his first G7 as president. And I think it's a welcome relief to the G7 leaders that the spotlight is going to be on their agenda rather than on one person. Mm. Right, let's. Uh, that was me. delicately put. Yeah, yeah deli- well done,
1: Jennifer. Well done.
3: <laughs> it's,
0: it's,
1: it's
0: a valid question. I, I like it. Uh, let's, let's talk about the borders. I know that you know Canadians who love to travel down south are chomping at the bit. We're hearing here that it looks like about 75%, rather, the federal government is saying of that first dose that they'd like to see before they open it on this side. What are you hearing, and, and what is the process moving ahead to perhaps open the border uh, to, to Canada from the U.S. Uh, point of view?
4: Uh,
3: I, I think people down here are chomping at the bit to also go up to Canada and get that border open because because Americans are traveling, you know, pretty much anywhere mm-hmm. now. I um, mean, there's still some countries, Australia and uh, other countries that are difficult to get into, but I have a lot of friends who have gone back and forth to, you know, the Caribbean islands, Mexico. So, I, you know, there's there's a great desire to get things opened up between the United States and Canada. The trick, I have been, to sort of throw out something else in terms of summer travel in the United States, there is a severe shortage of TSA agents, um, and these are the folks um, who check, you know, your passports and your IDs, and you know, to ward against terror terrorists traveling. But there, the lines are unbelievable Ooh. now in the United States airports. So, you know, for your listeners out there, if they're planning on traveling once the borders are opening are open up. Uh, be aware that there is a real shortage of TSA agents. The TSA agents are actually asking for volunteers to come forward wow. because the lines are so bad. So just a little asterisk on that, you know, future travel plans.
1: It's not all a bed of roses once you get back it's to the not. travel thing. Yeah, well, we, we have no clue about what that's like yet, but I guess we'll get there soon enough. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Appreciate it. Great. Thanks for having me, guys. I nice have, have a great weekend. That is Jennifer Johnson, Washington correspondent for Global News. And the world just recently marked 40 years since the first five cases of what would later become known as AIDS were officially reported and boy have we come so far since then that brings us to this weekend with some gala glitz and glam that's what's being promised at this year's edition of the splash of red a big event offered up by Calgary HIV community link and we're getting all the details this morning as we're joined by Katie Ayers the group's executive director morning Katie. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks so much for being here with us. To talk about HIV Community Link, first off, tell us a you know little brief bit about your organization.
5: Sure. Uh, some people may have formerly known us as AIDS Calgary, and we are currently HIV Community Link, and we provide prevention, education, and support services for people who are living with HIV or other sexually transmitted, born infections. Um, and we also work from a harm reduction framework, so we do a lot of work with people who use substances and uh, do a lot of work around sexual health.
0: You've got the gala glitz and glam, uh, you know, uh, all part and parcel to something like a gala that's being held. What are you trying to accomplish? Is this is this an awareness or a fundraiser?
5: It's always a bit of both, I find. I think we're really interested, of course, in uh, spreading the word about the work that we do. And the really excellent support that we are able to provide to the community. And it is also a fundraiser to help raise money for some of our core programming around providing, again, those prevention and education and support services
1: um, across Alberta as well as in Medicine Hat. Well, can folks still get tickets, get involved in this year's virtual gala? I know our, our friend Jody Hughes from Global News is your MC. She is always so much fun. It's going to be a great event. So how do people do that, and is it, is it, can we still get in there?
5: Of course, yes. We do still have tickets available. So it's splashofredgala.ca, and it is this Saturday at 7 p.m. Tickets are still available. It's going to be so exciting. I'm really pumped about the entertainment. We have pole dancing, burlesque. A uh, really fun snap game with drag performers, so it's not your typical gala. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Awesome.
0: Sounds like a lot on the go, and uh, we're going to direct people to HIVCL.org. Thank you so much, Katie.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: That is Katie Ayers, HIV Community Links Executive Director.
1: In celebration of Alberta Seniors Week, which is this week, Silvera for Seniors is sharing a sweet love story that blossomed for two of its residents despite the COVID crisis. So after years of living as singles, Diane, who is 67, and Carl, who is 80, certainly didn't expect to find love, especially during a global pandemic, but their heartwarming love story is proof that life in a senior's community can sure be filled with friendship, camaraderie, and love. And to tell us about their story, we are joined this morning by Diane and Carl. Good morning to you both. Good morning, too. Good morning, Good morning Carl. Morning. Thank you, guys. Thanks, both of you, for joining us. I, I just love this. I think it's fantastic. It makes me smile, obviously, you too. Um, but there are always two sides to how people first meet. So we're going to go ladies first. And Diane, tell us how you met up with Carl at Silvera's Valley View Seniors Residence.
4: Well, I was just finishing my lunch, and he came down and He gave me a kiss on the cheek and he said, are you? I looked at him, and he said, are you Diane? And I said, yes. He said, I'm Carl, let's go out for a smoke. And I said, okay.
1: Well, Carl, he's quite a forward fellow, this yeah. not he?
0: Yeah. So, so, Carl, I want to ask you, what was it about Diane that you noticed that made you want to get to know her?
6: Her eyes. Just like that? It was her eyes? Just like that. Her smile and her eyes. She's quite the lady. Diane, we understand Carl had
1: been checking you out from uh, the moment you moved into that, that facility together. How was it getting to know each other during COVID restrictions? What was that like for the two of you, Diane?
4: Well, we talked about our ages and that, and I told him, I don't, it doesn't matter. I said, it's what's in your heart that counts.
0: Well, that is Aww. sweet. How, how did you guys find, uh, you know, finding each other make this very difficult year better?
4: When I first moved in, I was nothing but a growly bear. And after I met Carl, I've been so happy. And things have been going great. Oh,
1: I love it. Carl, what did your friends at Valley View have to say about your romance?
6: Oh, God! one of my friends stood up for me when we got married.
0: Oh, yeah, you got married. So tell us about your wedding and the planning behind your wedding. And what was the event like?
6: Uh, Yeah, the people got together and there was 10 people. Got behind behind us and yeah. and Big Jim he stood up for me.
1: I love it, Diane. What what is it like being at Silvera's Valley View uh, Seniors Residence? I mean, are, are the are the the folks that work there, the team at Silvera, they you know have they become friends? Were they part of your wedding as well?
4: Michelle, my daughter, she stood up with with me and Cassandra, my youngest granddaughter. She was a flower girl, and Silvera did a. Beautiful they set it up beautiful. There's beautiful flowers. There is beautiful hearts and everything. And on one heart it says Love always.
0: You know, it's interesting because you're newlyweds, but we've had these intense restrictions, so I'm wondering if there's plans for a honeymoon of sorts.
6: Yes Yes there is. What's it gonna be? Yes. Uh well we wanna go I wanna go to Ontario and see my family.
0: I bet. Yeah, uh, to get together with family, that'll be outstanding. Mm-hmm. So is that uh, one of the things you're most looking forward to after the pandemic is, you know, including more family um, in your lives?
6: Hope, hopefully it's over with soon. Then we can get on with our lives. We're all in agreement there. We're, di- We're kind of holed up a little bit because of the epidemic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's way life goes. You have to accept it for what it is obviously looking forward
1: to maybe a honeymoon and, and seeing family, but w- what's it going to be like the day-to-day where where you and Carl could just get out and about and do whatever you want once this pandemic is over?
4: Oh, when this pandemic is over, Carl and I are going to go on a date, which we never had. Besides, in here at Severa, we're going to go on a date and just more or less have fun, like go to a movie or go to a restaurant, whatever.
6: You know, go to a movie or... Well, dancing? Yeah. I haven't danced in a long time.
0: Well, it's about time, and uh, mm-hmm. thank goodness we're we're getting out of this pandemic. It seems to be the case. So we want to say congratulations to you, uh, two lovebirds. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us.
4: Oh, you're very welcome.
0: That is uh, Diane and Carl, yes, and yes. they uh, met and got married as a result of their love, and, of course, they're residing at the Silvera for Seniors Valley View Community.
1: That's
4: right, yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Isn't that the best story? I wow. just love those two. I love that they met during COVID. Mm-hmm. They dated. They got married. Nothing's going to stop those two. Senior. Love love conquers all, Andy. Senior
0: lovers in a dangerous time. You should write a There's song a new man like that. Bruce Coburn could re- <laughs> do one of those. Oh, man. Yeah, that is, that is fantastic. Uh, you know, and also fantastic. Uh, they're winners in love. You could be a winner as well. With our Dad Jokes contest, it rolls on, in case you don't know. Not this Sunday. Next Sunday, still plenty of time to... You know, handcraft mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, purchase the perfect gift for dad uh, because it's the highlight of the year as far as I'm concerned. Father's I mean,
1: day. let's face it. It's the biggest day of the year. It's the biggest celebration, the biggest holiday, the one we need to focus on most for sure. I mean, I, I'm almost speechless. I get so worked it's, up yeah,
0: yeah, I know you do. about
1: it. Uh, but what we want you to do is send in your dad jokes to 770chqr.ca. So you send in a dad joke. That gets you entered on our contest page. And the grand prize, this is a beauty, and dad is going to freak out when you put a little bow on it and then give it to him on Father's Day. A lazy boy recliner. This bad boy is $1,500 wow. value.
0: You can't win if you don't enter. Don't forget all the information. Again, 770-CHQR.ca, the contest tab. You have to not only put your info, but we need your joke. You well, yeah. can't forget to put your joke in. No right? joke, no win. And brought to you by Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. And, you know, maybe you need some examples, Sue. Is that right?
1: Uh, I guess. Two guys
0: Two guys dressed from head to toe in armor mm-hmm. walk into the lobby of a hotel. They walk up to the clerk and they say, we'd like a room for two nights. <laughs> hey Sue, I'm waiting
1: for the punchline, and that—that that was it.
0: Sue, I've been meaning to tell you. I got an yeah. email the other day telling yeah. me how to read maps backwards. Oh! oh. Turns out it was just spam. <laughs> That's maps. Spam.
6: Oh no 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 no!
0: <laughs> what, wondering soup Oh, you've got another one. Oh, what's, good. What's the difference between black-eyed peas and chickpeas? I—I I don't know. Black-eyed peas can sing us a song. And chickpeas can only hummus wine. <laughs> hummus One. You
1: saved the I best got a for that's
0: going to be. Okay. Uh, oh.
1: I will just to, to remind people to go to 770chqr.ca. Doesn't matter how bad they are. Well, they're all
0: bad. They're dad jokes, so bad they're good.
1: Enter the joke and be entered in the contest and good
0: luck to you. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast.
1: Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play or wherever you find your podcasts.
0: And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 5:30 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQ you are.